Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. podcast folks hope everyone's doing well i hope you're ready to discuss some van halen today because that's what we got for you on tap i am chris senzak i am your host uh follow us at dbgeekshow.blogspot.com want to go ahead and get the site address out there for those listeners that only want to listen to a minute and a half of the show um aaron camaro's on assignment so it's just me today but i'm joined by a guest i'm joined by mitch lafon from brave words and you'll be hearing my conversation with him coming up soon I'll go ahead and get a little few news items out of the way. Um, the Decibel Geek site is uh, and movement is growing exponentially. That's a big word, like gymnasium, as Gene Simmons would say. Um, we've got a lot of new writers coming on board, and we've had some amazing content uh, come on recently from some of these writers. Uh, the new writers so far that we have are Jay Alexander, JB, and Andrew Jacobs. I want to go ahead and give them some props while I'm on here so they can uh, get their recognition that they deserve. Um, and I got to tell you, some of these articles and interviews that have come up since these folks have come on board have been really, really awesome. I just want to skim through a couple of things that have come up recently. Um, Jay Alexander, who actually is a friend of mine going back to childhood, is a really funny guy. He's actually been a devoted listener of the show since pretty much the beginning. And yeah, I know it's probably because he's my friend, but um, has a lot of good witty comments on stuff all the time. And I was like, hey, you should write some stuff for our site. You know, we want the site to be updated in between episodes. So for those that don't know, we're, we now have regular content being put up on the uh, on the website, dbgeekshow.blogspot.com, in between the episodes. So, uh, And the site's going to get revamped. I'll go ahead and mention that so we can accommodate all this new content rather than just scroll all the way through it. Um, we're going to put a little bit of money into things and uh, try to make it, make it look better. But... Uh, he did a great article basically about why boy bands aren't really so bad after all. And don't don't be scared off by that headline because he explains it. It's a pretty funny article where if you could imagine that you could cross Kiss and the Bee Gees somehow or, you know, New Kids on the Block and Slayer, he finds a way to tell you how why one is responsible for the other. It's a very entertaining article, and you can check that out on the website. Um J- JB's uh, articles are coming soon. She's working on some of those. Uh, Andrew Jacobs. I have got to give Andrew a ton of credit right now. This guy has come on board, and he has just lit up our site with content and interviews with all sorts of interesting people. Um, let me just give you a, a few uh, examples of who he's talked to. We've got um, Angie Scarpa, who's the drummer for Black Sabbath, who's a, a female Sabbath tribute band. Uh, Jody Kakuza, who's uh, Luda Chris, the drummer for Pris, a female Kiss tribute band. It's not just tribute band stuff either. You got Patrice Zappa Porter, who's the sister of Frank Zappa. 
Um, he did a, an interview with Blair N. Bitch, who's the guitarist for Betty Blowtorch, who we also played on the... Excuse me, i got to clear my throat. <clears> throat. 21 years of smoking, that does it to you. Um, she was the guitarist for Betty, Betty Blowtorch. As you remember, we played Hell on Wheels on the uh, recent Radio Sucks radio show special, too. And uh, so that was timely. Uh, did an interview with Ross Berg, who put out a book about Gene Simmons being the son of a Holocaust survivor. And I've known Ross for years, and I'm actually, if if it made the book, I'm not sure. He asked me for a quote uh, a few months ago for the book, and I'm hoping my quote made the book. I still have to buy it because I'm broke. But uh, I'm hopefully going to buy it soon. But check out Gene Simmons' A Rock and Roll Journey in the Shadow of the Holocaust, I believe is the title. I'll put a link of that up in the show notes for this show. Um, Mia X uh, from Rebel Music TV is on there. Scott Parker, who wrote a really cool book about Kiss. Larry Harris, who was a Casablanca Records co-founder, was Kiss's record label, and uh, he did a great book on it and Party Every Day, which is the story about Casablanca Records, all the cocaine and all the stuff with Parliament, Funkadelic, and Village People, and all that crazy nutty 70s stuff is in that book. And so you get a little bit of an insight on that with his interview. So Andrew, I want to give some extra special props for because he's just churning out material for us at a ridiculous rate so uh also looking for new writers if you're interested in uh, wanting to write for the show contact me at nashville rock at live.com if you're interested because we're always looking for new people and cool stuff to do and uh, hey if you want to work for free it'll work but anyway let's get on with the uh, story about today's show today's show is all about van halen and this is uh we're we're doing this because it's timely. We're smack dab in the middle between the single release of Tattoo and the album release, which is going to come out on February seventh, which is entitled "A Different Kind of Truth." Tattoo is out, and actually, when I first heard it, I was just like, "Eh, it was okay." Um, and when we recorded this conversation with Mitch, the, all, all that we had out at the time was the thirty second um, preview on Amazon. So you'll hear our discussion on that. Um, since I've heard it a few times, it has grown on me like a fungus, as I'm sure some of you would say. But, uh, yeah, I like the song. I'm really excited about the record. And uh, it, the Tattoo singles had some mixed reactions. You know, some people are pointing out that it it pretty much came from an old unreleased song called Down in Flames from the 70s. And then we've also heard Bullethead is another track that uh, is a 70s tune that they did that, that didn't make a record. And, you know, you you have mixed reactions on that. Some people think that's a great thing. Some people think that means the wells run dry. I don't care. If it's David Lee Roth and it sounds like the old stuff, then I'm happy. I don't care where it came from. So uh, with that said, Mitch LaFon's my guest today. We're going to discuss all facets of Van Halen's history, even Van Halen 3. So get your barf bag ready or your bucket or whatever. And uh, there's going to be plenty of tracks and tunes played throughout the show, uh, some of which you may never heard. We try to play a couple of rare things on here. And uh, this is our our uh, Van Halen discussion. So everyone get excited. And uh, here's me and Mitch. started with um, obviously the news that happened recently with with uh, Van Halen playing the Cafe Wa and well with you being in drive drivability distance to New York I'm surprised you weren't at the show well you know listen it it's it's one of those things where you're leaving Montreal in December and January to go down to New York you never know what the weather's like so it's one of those things where you don't risk it mm-hmm. and then uh, it was only 200 people and it's New York City. To get on that guest list, 
I just figured I'm not even going to bother trying, but yeah, it would have been great to be there. Obviously there's videos all over YouTube of it. What are your, what's your impressions of it, of what you've seen so far? Well, I, I'm amazed that, uh, David Lee Ross showed up in a, a train conductor's outfit. I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> and, and Eddie Van Halen's hair, and I know I'm sounding a little facetious, but it looked as though he was wearing a wig. So I, it, that was interesting just because nobody's really seen Eddie in three or four years. He's sort mm. of been hiding, and he seemed a little, um, you know, uh, plumper, uh-huh. I guess, <laughs> for the lack of a better I, word. I think and his hair seemed completely different. So yeah, it, that that's what struck me, that visual look of Eddie. He didn't look like Eddie of old, but look, mm-hmm. it's not a complaint, and I'm not trying to be funny. It's just that struck me. No, well, yeah, I agree. It looks like he's off the sauce. I'm, I'm actually excited because it seems like he's got his shit together this time. And, and, and another thing, I if we're going to go off things that were noticed physically, um, it looks like he's got uh, new teeth, too. Yeah, yeah, and that that would make sense. I didn't, I didn't know, but you know what else that I, what I noticed to be more positive is the fact that his guitar playing sounded as good as ever. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, a guy. It's not like a, a baseball pitcher who's lost his ninety mile an hour fastball. Eddie still has his ninety mile an hour fastball, and it was like, wow, okay, I'm ready for this. Let's go. almost like this is almost like it feels like the tour they did a, f- a couple of years back with Roth it's it's almost like it didn't exist I don't know to me it's like now that we have a record coming out and then there was a, quite a bit of drama with Eddie on that tour with him throwing his guitar and, and all kinds of mood swings and it, it just didn't look like he and Dave were getting along very well which is par for the course but all those stories of them having dressing rooms at opposite ends of the arena. But like, but then you see these videos and you've, you know, you've heard these couple few little interview clip things that they've leaked out. It sounds like they've actually, you know, maybe got it back on track for the time being. And it seems like they actually enjoy doing, you know, doing this again. So, which it, it almost well, feels like this is more of the real thing with Roth than it did a few years ago. Well, let me point out uh, one thing here. Uh, there was an album made for the last tour it was shelved but it does exist i didn't know that so that that's one thing you need to remember and the other thing you need to remember is i think that both david lee roth and eddie are both in a you know let's sort of use a uh, you know oprah term here they're more in a happy place he's off the sauce and he seems uh he smiles more he seems happier and David Lee Roth also remember at the during the last tour, he had just been fired from his radio show. That was an absolute failure. Oh, yeah. And he came back and Michael Anthony wasn't there. And all of a sudden he had to face the music to not one but three Van Halens. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of criticism about Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole bunch of stuff where you know, people weren't, didn't seem to be, and, and Eddie was coming off his divorce. And everything seemed to not make it for a successful reunion tour. Now, Dave seems happy. All the videos that he's posted on his personal page and on different places, he seems smiling and happy and jovial and telling good stories. Uh, the stuff you see on YouTube, Eddie is the same way. 
And this time they made an album that apparently they liked enough to want to release. Mm. So, so yeah, it does. It it, it seems more positive. Mm. And I think uh, the, the the stink of the failed reunion with Sammy, the stink of, of of David's failed radio show, all that's gone. And now we're ready to move forward in a positive light. Yeah, yeah I agree. And the, I've, as of the time of this recording, all that's been leaked so far has been the uh, thirty second snippet of Tattoo, which um, it's definitely from what the what you can gather from thirty seconds it. It doesn't sound like classic Van Halen so much, but it, it but I, you can tell it's them, and it's it's definitely not Sammy era sounding stuff to me. What did you think of it? I, I think you can't really judge it. It's completely out of context. It's mm-hmm. like if, for example, you took the breakdown part in Panama when he says, oh, "I reached down in between my legs," <laughs> and you had put that up as a thirty-second clip, you would have sat there and would have gone, "What the hell? Oh, what the that? what the fuck's? I mean, what the what the heck's this?" Oh, you can curse. It's cool. Okay. Well, you'd say, what the fuck's this? <laughs> and so you listen to this song and you go, all right, well, I'm not as excited as I was before I listened to it, but it's not the chorus. Mm. It, it seems you don't know if it's a, a beginning intro or if it's the outro. You don't know where it is. You don't know how, you know, it's an album, right? Mm. So if this is the sort of the soft ballad, that's song number seven, then maybe you need a breather by because you've had six songs ahead of it that have kicked your ass. So mm-hmm. it's not what I expected it to be. I was expecting a little more oomph and I was expecting Eddie Van Halen's guitar to be more front and center. It isn't. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Now, like, like you said, we are now uh, four days before the official release on iTunes. So, you know, we don't really have a great idea of what it's going to be until it actually comes out. Right. And that, uh, it's actually the lead-off track, according to this track listing that got sent out today or whatever. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so, uh, which I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, some uh, it there's some definite Roth titles in this track listing. Um, yeah. Stay frosty, honey baby, sweetie doll. <laughs> so I don't. I'm just. I'm thrilled that his personality is back in the group. I enjoyed the Sam years, but I just. I don't know. Roth just brings that fun element to the band, and I mean. It you know they could go right off the tracks, no pun intended, with the album cover. But it's just it's always fun when things are going well with them. But it's funny because Van Halen is like they're like the band that can basically piss on their fans for years and years and years and just give them nothing, and then out of nowhere they put this they put out you know leak a thirty second song clip and everyone's reclaiming how they're God again you know. I think that speaks to the the uh, greatness that is Eddie Van Halen as a guitar player. Listen, if if Eddie Van Halen was CC Deville, I don't think this kind of excitement would be generated. The fact is, is that he is not only a a great guitar uh, player; he's probably one of the greatest guitar players that's ever lived, and I'm not going to say he's the best, though. You could make an argument probably, for He it. probably <laughs> is. But, I mean, listen, there, there's millions of guitar players over the years, and this guy is probably top three, mm-hmm. So, if not number one. So that's why. That's why people are excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's not take up everything with the new album talk. I want to talk about some Van Halen memories and, like, let me get you, let me get your perspective on when did you first discover Van Halen and like when was what was the first thing Van Halen put out that really just you know turned your world upside down? Well, listen, 
I was born in the in the late sixties. I was raised through the seventies, through the Gene, uh, you know, the Kiss years, the Alice Cooper years. So I first got wind of Van Halen pretty early. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, what was that album? Uh, Women and Children First. Is that the name of the album? Uh-huh. Uh, I know my brother went to that tour, and he'd been listening to Van Halen in the house and stuff. And you know. For me, I guess the the marking points probably is the 1984 album. That's that's the first one I personally remember buying. And of course, with MTV and Much Music in Canada playing videos, that's the one I really remember the videos being played for. I remember, sorry, You Really Got Me or one of those videos and Unchained live in Oakland being shown on TV before that. But I guess not, the jump era is really when it became part of my life, not just sort of the periphery of what I was listening to. Yeah, I agree. And well, that was actually it. That's probably when I first caught on. But then I quickly got into the the earlier stuff after that. Um, right. 84 was great, but the uh, I always think of things from a guitar player's perspective because that's always been my thing. And then, right. um, then, you know, finding, you know, fair warning, women and children first. Diver Down, not so much, other, although the first few songs on that record are amazing. Um I really want to hear them play "Hang 'Em High" just once. I, I real, I'd like to see them break out some stuff like that on the new tour. Um, when did you first see them live? That's a good question. Um, probably would be a little later. Uh, what out? What happened? What happened after that? Uh, David left. Sammy came in. They did the fifty-one fifty tour, mm-hmm. and then what was the tour after that? The F.U.C.K. tour? No, it was the uh, O.U. Eight One Two. Okay, so no, see, the Van Halen didn't with Van Halen with Sammy Hager, uh, pretty much ignored Canada for a while. So I guess it would be the Fuck tour that I saw them first. Mm-hmm. They were really tight on that tour. I've, I've they really were footage from that. Yeah, that's that's a, and Judgment Day is one of my more underrated Van Halen tunes. I love the, yeah. the guitar on that song; it's just amazing. <laughs>
That's a that's a great album. I, I'd love to hear that album really properly remastered and any kind of extra tracks lying around. Just you know, throw it all out there. And then of course the Balance Tour is the one I got to see, you know, five or six times because they played up in Vermont and Ottawa and Montreal and all around the place. And mm-hmm. and that was a killer tour. I mean, other than Ugly Kid Joe opened a couple of shows, it was a killer tour. Oh, you and didn't like Ugly Kid Joe? <laughs> Not an Ugly Kid Joe fan. No, no. <laughs> oh, I kind of dig some of their stuff. They're a little, they're a goofy group. But um, well, speaking of goofy groups opening for Van Halen, what it, what going back to the new tour? What do you think of Cool and the Gang being listed as the opener on some of these shows? <laughs> Listen, when I first saw that, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, I, I thought too. they were hiding the truth like you know they were going to announce kiss or something oh, i wish and then i checked with the promoters that i know and i checked with the source they said no no that's that's actually true and i thought okay well that's that's a whole load of hooey that's and a then david i thought lee about call. it and i went <laughs> you know what david lee roth sort of gives you that kind of vibe mm-hmm. and to hear celebrate it, it it's a complete mismatch but It'll certainly put you in a party kind of mood after you hear celebration and uh, uh, what's it get get down on it or whatever it's called jungle boogie. Yeah, it's like you can't help but like those songs; they're mm-hmm. iconic. So you're gonna get under, into this party vibe, and then David Lee Ross is gonna come out and do his shtick. It's 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 gonna fit weirdly, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's gonna fit. I, it had to have been Dave's call to have them on the tour. I'm just, I can totally see that. I just, hundred and ten percent. Yeah, that that was totally his call. But but I'll, hey, I'll show up early to see it. You know. I mean, so will I. Listen, yeah. I, I have, I've always liked the song "Celebration" from the first time I heard it on the radio, driving down a highway in Florida, mm-hmm. to now, and. I would never pay to go see them, and I would never ask to be put on a guest list to go see them. <laughs> but now that they're there with Van Halen. Yeah, I'm showing up early. I'm I'm watching the whole damn thing. Well, it's just it's such a quirky move, which I mean it's cool. I mean, it, you know, hey, who knows? I mean, they may end up even have, having more opening acts listed on the bill for that for that tour, but uh Well, I think they are because if you look carefully at the press release, it says on select dates. Yeah. So, that to me doesn't mean every single show on this whole tour. So, who knows? Maybe just be east coast dates or maybe it's just new york chicago detroit who knows right yeah well they're they're coming here in april I, i'm hope hopefully they're, they'll be on the on the ticket then because i i've like you said i'd never per, i'd never voluntarily go pay to see cool in the gang but if they're gonna open for van halen i definitely want to see it yeah, absolutely <laughs> and i and listen you, you get to see the shows in april i'm going march 15th in montreal if all goes well i'll see them a couple of days later in ottawa and yesterday i was offered uh, to be put on the guest list for the two shows in New York. I don't know if my schedule can work out, but mm-hmm. man, would I love to see those in February and so end up seeing four, five, six, ten shows. That'd be great. I'm so envious of you if you get to do that. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> That's at Madison Square Garden, right? That would be at Madison Square Garden. And I got a call last night and they said, oh, we'll put you on a guest list. We'll get you backstage, blah, blah. And I went, what? What? <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when you get offers like that, they're either too good to be true, and then you know sometimes they're they're perfectly legit, and then 
life takes over. You got to take care of the kids. You can't find babysitting. You can't, you, you know, so we'll see. <laughs> I would love to be there. Absolutely. Cool. So, well, as the guy who runs Brave Words, you, you know, I'm sure you've gotten tons of feedback. What, what, have, what have you seen uh, so far as the, Van, the diehard Van Halen fan feedback that you've seen? Well, let me correct you just on one thing. Uh, Metal Tim Henderson owns and operates and runs Brave Words. I've become sort of the face of Brave Words because I I handle a lot of the bands like Van Halen. I I handle, uh, I report on the bands like like Van Halen, Motley Crue. And so those are the bands that are sort of more higher profile. So it's sort of raised my profile. And I do, I I handle the um, Brave Words Facebook in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Now, what was your question? (laughs) What what have you noticed? uh, What? Well, you see a lot of the feedback that comes in, especially yeah. through fa- fa- Facebook. Yes. Um, I've read as much as I can, but w- w- what's your general impression of the feedback so far? Are you seeing a lot of positive, or are you hearing some negative stuff too? Uh, ex- exceptionally positive. Yeah. I would say, uh, you know, out of out of ten emails or ten posts, I would say nine point five are positive, and you get that one guy who's says a couple of positive things and then throws in a couple of, yeah, well, you know, it, it seems that everybody's excited about this. And even uh, the people who responded to the clip that was posted, that 30-second clip, there wasn't a lot of, oh, this sucks, I'm not buying the album, which happened with Metallica's Lulu, which happened with, you know, <laughs> Kiss's last reasons. album. People did that. <laughs> this one is like, oh, I'm not overly thrilled about it, but I'm still going to give it a chance. And that's a very different attitude than what you'll normally see. Normally you'll get, it's great, it sucks, end of story. Very <laughs> black and white. And this one, we're not getting that. It's either, it's great or, oh, it ain't great, but... I'm sure if I hear the whole thing, I'm sure I'll like it, which is very different. Mm-hmm. People are excited. Yeah, definitely. It's well, it, well with Metallica, I think we all uh, there, there's definitely obvious reasons for the negative feedback on that one. But uh, with Van Halen, I, yeah. I think and their follow up project is is a, is a head scratcher. I mean, they're making a 3D movie now. I, I mean, I saw the headline. I haven't read it. Read the. Oh my god. Anyway, we'll um, talk Metallica, I guess, another time. We'll do that on the the Geek Wire thing. But um, oh my god! But uh, with Van Halen, though, I think it's th- there's so much positivity is because there's so many of us that have dreamed about seeing them do another record with Roth, and I've I've noticed this time around that um a lot and third time's a charm. By the way, remember the greatest hits? They did two songs. I liked those though. They were very good, and that was also supposed to be an album project. They had just thrown Sammy out, or mm-hmm. they were about to throw him out, and they got Roth, and they were going to either blackmail or, or embarrass Sammy by doing a project with uh, uh, Roth. Mm-hmm. He squirreled out, ended up with two songs. They did the album in 2006, yeah. a complete album, which remains unreleased. So, Did anyone get to hear the tracks on that? I'm assuming the person who described it and told me about it probably did. Not, I'm assuming. You're not going to leak who it is, though? I cannot leak names, but... But it was finished? According to this person, yep, absolutely. And this person uh, works in the field of rock music management. Hmm. And it was... Uh, I wonder if any of it was, was carried over into this one. Well, listen, the first track, She's a Woman, is a carryover yeah, from 1975. Old, yeah, that was an old demo. Right, that Gene Simmons produced. So, mm. um, 
there's probably a lot of going back to the uh, to the vaults and uh, digging through. And I would say that that if there was an album in 2006, maybe they went back and re-recorded a couple of tracks. I mean, who know? Who, who knows? Yeah, I, that's funny because um, Hagar was interviewed a few months ago, and that's what he was claiming that he heard was that he was claiming that oh, it, it's pretty much all old stuff being re-recorded but i don't know that i want to take that on face value or if some of that sour grapes but i mean it's i'm sure some of it is but i have to believe that eddie's not going to put out a brand new record without putting new material on it um uh, i've heard exactly what sammy's heard i've heard that the band were trying to recapture this 19 sort of 78 Van Halen at its prime, cocksure and blah blah blah, and that they went back and they strip mined those vaults to get uh, a lot of the material and a lot of the riffs from old tapes. But listen, if those songs were unreleased and they're coming out now, you know, spit shined, then so what? Yeah, maybe that's not a bad thing. I mean, because everybody com- will complain with older bands doing new stuff. Well, oh, it doesn't sound anything like the old stuff. Right, and this stuff does because it is because it is stuff. the old. But then you're going to have a whole group of people that are going to go, "Oh, they just had to take a bunch of old demos. They couldn't come up with anything." Uh, you can't please everybody. <laughs> no, and and bands need to stop trying. Like, like you know, with Kiss, people say, "What do you think of the new title for the album, Monster?" It's like, well, the same thing I thought about Revenge or Love Gun. They sound like stupid titles, and then twenty years down the road, you go, "Wow, I love Revenge." Yeah, that's the test of time. It, that and that's the same thing. I mean, when I first heard Sonic Boom, I wanted to shoot myself. Now I'm used to it. <laughs> Me too. Although I, uh, Kiss have put out a few that haven't aged well. I don't think Animal Eyes is a very good title today, but yeah, possibly. Yeah, probably, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> that whole album's kind of weak, anyway. Yeah, except for the song "I'm a Legend Tonight." That's a great song. But back to Van Halen. Yeah. You know, listen, you can't please everybody, and I think. If you're going to do a reunion tour and you want to sound like the old band and make it a classic album, then going to the vaults and finding one song, two songs, or 13 songs that were recorded in 1977 but never released, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just excited that there's something coming out because it's been so long and I'm still trying to wash out the memory of the Van Halen 3 album. So, um I like a couple of those songs. Do you? Them. What songs do you like on that record? Um, Dirty Water Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the single Without You. That one's okay. And uh, I, I'm trying to think of what the other one's called because I don't have my... Uh, oh, the other one that was kind of popular was Fire in the Hole. Yeah, Fire in the Hole is good, but hold on here. I, I will I will quickly punch it up and, and tell you which <laughs> one it is because I don't memorize these things. It's not the one Eddie sings. Uh, one I Want. <laughs> The song is called One I Want. And then there's the unreleased song uh, called uh, That's Why I Love You. I haven't which heard that. Which is really good. Is that one up on YouTube? It is up on YouTube. And the story on that was that it was the B-side to the first single, and it was leaked to a radio and stuff and ended up all over the Internet. And then the band went ahead and denied that – what you're hearing and these singles are actually legit. It's a, it's, it's bullshit. It's, it's, it's a fake, it's a fraud. And they ended up pulling that song off, um, uh, off the album. Hmm. But 
the versions of That's Why I Love You, now known to be true, are actually pristine. They're not like bad sounding bootlegs. saw them on that tour did you see them on that tour no they i i, I had every intention and that thing shut down uh-huh. uh or as they say in the biz pulled down <laughs> before uh, i had a chance to um to, to get out to a show yeah i they came here and it was a complete last minute decision i was i was i saw him with sammy just a couple years before at the amphitheater here and it was great and, you know it's, it's van halen and then they did the album with Sharon, and, and I'll just let me just go ahead and go back in time for a second. the The album came out, and I don't know if you remember. They did this huge radio premiere one night where they mm-hmm. pl- they played the whole record start to finish, and the ba- and the band was interviewed in between the songs. And it's funny because, and I I recorded it on a cassette tape, the and uh, while I was at work and listened to it at work, and then it's funny because the first two weeks after that premiere. I tried so hard to love this album, and I I think the euphoria of just having a new Van Halen album coming out, it it kept me going for about a week, and then that second week hit, and I started repeatedly listening to it, and and then, and then reality just set in. I was just like, this is just not good. It just it it, it just came off so weak, and it was just like Van they they really they really disappointed. Could, yeah, they really could have done so much better than this, and and the fact that that Eddie decided to sing on a song alone, the fact that anyone greenlighted that that song being put on the record just blows my mind to this day. And that's why when you hear that song, That's Why I Love You, you'll, you'll, you'll know that, oh, why did they pull that off? <laughs> you know, another fun fact about those years is that they recorded a live album that was all set for release. It was recorded in Pittsburgh in 98, mm-hmm. and it was slated for a... Japanese only release. It was all all the one sheets in Japan. It was all marketed. It was all official. And after the tour tanked in Australia and Canada, not Canada, in the states, they pulled that release. And if you go to the internet and you type in, you know, Van Halen Pittsburgh '98 soundboard or whatever, mm-hmm. the show will appear in pristine condition. And that was a lot the the Van Halen three live album that never was, and no I'm assuming will never be. Oh yeah, I, I'd say that's a guarantee unless they decide to put out some vault box set thing, right? Um, but but uh, the album was announced. If you go back to 1998 and you look through Japanese release albums of stuff coming up for September, uh-huh. it was all announced in the books in July August, and it got pulled. Wow. Well, and they, it exists. That's that's interesting. And the well, and I'd like to hear it because 
I went to that tour. It was a total last minute decision. A buddy of mine and my brothers came over one day, and he was a he was a diehard fan. And they uh, and I had forgotten that they were even coming to town because I was so pissed off about the record. And I just sort of buried. I was like, ah, it's not Van Halen. And then he shows up one day, and he's like, hey, he's like, there's still tickets available for the Van Halen show. And I was like, what? I was like, it's tonight. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, there's plenty of tickets available. And like, they're selling like grass seeds for five dollars. <laughs> and I was it's like, available because nobody was going. Exactly. And I was like, I was like, well, screw it, let's go. And we went. And honestly, aside from the fact that Gary was a horrible fit for the band, it was a great set list. I mean, they pulled out so many rarities, especially from the Roth era, that it made it an entertaining show. And then, of course, Eddie on his own is entertaining, but. They like they pulled out Romeo Delight, Mean Street, and it, yeah. they played some uh, fan. Uh, Michael Anthony did somebody get me a doctor. It was it was a fantastic set list. Michael Anthony sang the whole thing. It yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was a great set list. But then at the same time, you've got this guy that looks like some kind of Broadway cabaret dude, you know, running all over the stage and. Not that not that Roth was ever the most masculine guy on stage either, but Sharon just looks so out of place on stage with Van Halen. It just it, I give the guy an A for effort because he certainly tried hard, but it just did not look right. And it, yeah. and it sounded and he sounded they might as well just have kept Sammy as far as the vocals go because his voice was almost identical to Sammy, especially live. Yeah, that, no, that was the biggest mistake. Oh. oh! Yes. Proud to be one of David Lee Roth's favorite podcasts. Yeah, yeah. He's always running to get the next episode. Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm running. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't lie to you. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. Oh, yeah. So be like Diamond Dave and listen to the Decibel Geek podcast. Hi, this is Chris Holmes Vodka Bottle, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. But now, when they did this tour with Wolfie a couple of years ago, that was the whole big brouhaha was over people saying, you know, what the hell is Michael Anthony not doing in the band, and Wolfie doesn't need to be up there. And I was one of those people, too. And I was like, you don't call it a reunion without the whole band. And, and I still, in a way, I feel that way. But I got to say, after what, especially after the clips I've seen from that Cafe Wah show, that kid can freaking play. Well, yeah, but there's there's still um, there's still some trickery involved. I don't know about it now, but on that last tour, there was a lot of, rumors have it, mm-hmm. uh, back tapes that yeah. there was a lot of, Michael Anthony backing vocals being piped in and a lot of bass lines that were triggered through fills. And I heard I heard those rumors and it, as far as what I saw on the YouTube clips the the bass lines were real and he was really playing them. It's, but it, and it's, <laughs> if they're piping in Michael's vocals I can see why because his background vocals are such an integral part of that sound. Absolutely. So, so they're going to miss that no matter how great this tour might be. It's gonna hurt not having him on him singing there. So uh, absolutely. And and by the way, t- to be fair to Van Halen, they're not the only band that does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to a Bon Jovi show, 
and David Bryan triggers background vocals and choruses on almost every song. Living on a Prayer, mm-hmm. You Give Love a Bad Name. Uh, Queen Strike triggers songs all the time. They trigger a lot of backing vocals. Guns N' Roses does it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's part of the game. Yeah, and well, the worst offenders are Motley Crue by far. Oh, that that's exactly the one I was going to say. Let me give you an album title and you tell me your thoughts. We'll do, okay. go through a couple of these. Obviously, the debut, I'm sure you have high marks on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you... You you put that vinyl on it back in the day, and and you hear that guitar, and listen, uh, for all that was Ace Frehley or you know Dick Wagner with Alice Cooper's band or whoever the guitar god was, there was nobody that played like Eddie Van Halen, and you heard those those riffs, and you went, oh 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 yeah, and uh, you you still get that feeling, you know, thirty years later, forty years later, yeah. so so no, that's a. Trying to, I'm, I'm just, try, I am Joe, trying to remember exactly which songs were on that one, though. Um, well, on that one, you got "Running with the Devil," "Eruption," "You Really Got Me," "Ain't Talking That's About it. Love." That, that, it's, 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 uh, it's "Eruption" that, that I'm thinking of in particular. I mean, come on. We'll see. And, and you're, you're a little bit older than me. I was, see, Van Halen one came out in '78. Right. So I was a, only a couple of years old when it came out. So I wasn't there to see the cultural impact that it had, but. From what I've talked, from what I've heard from other people who were remember when this came out, it must have been like hearing something from another planet when Eruption came on. I mean, because yeah. there's nothing and, like it. No, absolutely. <laughs> and and listen, like I said before, I was I really got into the band around '84, but my brother had all these albums, mm-hmm. and there was that connection to Kiss that had me intrigued. And so, you know, you're, you're playing, uh, you know, Shout It Out Loud and, and stuff, you know, Beth, I Hear You Crying, and all of a sudden you hear those opening notes of Ain't Talking About Love, and you go, what was that? You know, like all of a sudden, this, this music just hits you, and you go, huh, I haven't heard guitar like that before. I love Ace, but this is a whole new level of, of Ace-ness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Running With The Devil, still a classic. Ain't Talking About Love, still a classic. Feel Your Love Tonight, a forgotten great, mm-hmm. great song. What did you think of Van Halen 2? Did, did you have as strong of a feeling for that one as, as the first one? You know, Van Halen 2, I really got into that album, strangely enough, around 87, 88. I had sort of fallen out of favor with rock bands for a while, and Aerosmith's permanent vacation got me back into buying old Aerosmith, going back into, you know, Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion. Mm-hmm. And that dragged me back into going into older albums. And for some reason, Van Halen 2 was the one that, that came back into rotation. And, you know, somebody get me a doctor, dance the night away, you're no good. And, and yeah, I was I was like 10 years behind on that one, but... What a great album. I mean, that one's really great from, from top to bottom. Yeah, it is. Top to bottom, solid, solid, solid album. Yeah, I think uh, I got I, I got a soft spot for DOA and Light Up the Sky on that. Yeah. Those are, those are great. And then you got Women and Children First, the one you mentioned that your uh, your brother saw the tour on. Yep. What's your, what's your take on this this one? Uh, You know what? I think that's one of those albums that has a couple of good songs, and then I think there was a lot of hit and miss on it. Mm-hmm. But 
listen, the first four, five songs, Cradle, mm -hmm. uh, Everybody Wants, wants some. some, Romeo Delight. That, that's all you need anyway, right? Yeah, those are the, well, those are the three biggies on that one. So sure. That's all you need. Yeah. After that, I tried to, there was, uh, what song was I trying to listen to today? Um, uh, uh, Take Your Whiskey Home, I was, I was trying to listen to. I was just I, about to bring that up. And I was going, this is a really horrible song. It is, <laughs> yeah. I was, it's, that's funny, I don't know if you did this too. But yeah, today, I, I've been listening to all the old Rothier stuff today, and that was one where I was just like, "What the hell were they thinking here?" But uh, I don't know. They, but yeah, I give them points for experimentation. They were great at that. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, another kind of WTF moment was at the end of uh, "Fair Warning," where you've got Sunday afternoon in the park, and then going into "One Foot Out the Door." Yeah, wow. really bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> that's. But but you know they were they were sort of known for their bizarre, but. A fair warning, if they decided to do like an album tour. That's a good one to do. That's a good one to tour, to do. I mean, Unchained is probably my favorite Van Halen song ever. Yeah, it's up there for me too. So This Is Love comes in, at least if it's not my second favorite, comes into my top five. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mean, mean Street, Street and Hear About It Later yep. probably are in the top ten. And that includes Sammy Hager era songs. Those four or five songs, to me, are classic Van Halen, and that's all you need to know. And if you're doing a time capsule, those are the ones that go in it. And those are the and that album, it just almost comes off like it's like that. Like you said, they could do that one live because they're all other than the last two that are kind of weird, which they're only two minutes each. The bulk of that record is it's almost it's got just a complete live feel to it. Absolutely. So. Yeah, you know, I, that's interesting to say that. It would be nice to go back and figure out how they recorded that. Because that's, it almost sounds as though they plugged in in the studio, mm -hmm. looked each other in the eye and said, all right, let's play. <laughs> it, it does have that vibe to it. Yeah. And then you, and then the, such a strange transition to Diver Down, which. Yeah, I don't like that album. Yeah, to me, it's one of the bigger disappointments in the catalog. It's. It's got a couple of moments. I mean, where have all the good times gone? Great, you know, hang 'em high. I love. That's one of my favorite Van Halen tunes. It's one of those where it starts off really good, and then, in my opinion, once you get past Cathedral Secrets, it's kind of eh. But then, I ne I never liked. It's funny because all of my guitar player friends loved Little Guitars, but I just thought it came off generic. And then Dancing in the Street drives me nuts. Um, Big Bad Free Woman. Pretty Woman, yeah. What's with all the cover? And then Big Bad Bill, Happy Trails. It's you know, the just funny a weird thing is, is, as we're going through the names of the songs, mm -hmm. I barely remember any of them. I mean, Where Have All the Good Time Gone? I can, I can play, I can soundtrack that, you know? Mm -hmm. Happy Trails, I can soundtrack. And, and, and Pretty Woman, but Cathedral, I, I can't even put the music in my head right now. I mean, that's how... That's how forgettable that album was. Well, Cathedral disaster. I think Cathedral was more of like an Eddie warming up thing than any than a real song. But yeah, and I mean, listen, I know little guitars, and uh, I've I've heard little guitars before, but for the life of me, as we speak right now, I can't get it to play in my head, and that that just shows it's a completely forgettable album. Well, I'm gonna have people bitch at me about that because I've got friends that are like, "Oh, little guitars, amazing song," because it's one of those you always saw in the transcription books for guitars, but. And the guitar playing's good, but it's not that great of a song. And um, yeah. I think Hang 'Em High is the 
the high point on that record. But you know, I gotta the, admit, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. Listen I to Hang 'Em High because it's a great song. I, I mean, it's. I think I wish they would pull that one off. I can't even remember. That. I mean, that's how forgettable it is. And then, yeah. And then 1984 comes next. Yeah. Which was, which was shocking for the uh, keyboard playing, but goddamn it, it, it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. that album works from top to bottom. And thank God for CDs because I remember in the old days of flipping the cassette over, it, it was such a, a moment killer. And then we got the CD, and you could hear the whole album without that split. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it it was perfect. Well, and, and then there's plenty of guitar on there. I mean, you got Drop Dead Legs is a great guitar song. Top Jimmy's right. great. Um, I really dig House of Pain, which was, you know, that was also on the Gene Simmons demo tape. You know, that's a okay. that's a pretty fast and furious tune. And then, you know, and it, it's... I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait's good, even though it's pretty much all keyboard. Um, but it's a that showed the, the, uh, the writing technique that Eddie was up to. But, you know, and for years I, I always... And I still kind of feel this way, although I'm a tad burned on it. Hot for Teacher, for a long time for me, was that, in my opinion, that was them musically at their best. With Alex's drumming, the guitar solo, Dave's vocals. That's just, it's it's one of the, the better songs that they've ever done, in my opinion. And also an iconic video. I mean, the whole oh, yeah. package around that song. I mean, people never spoke of a drum riff before, but... Oh, that's got one. <laughs> but that's got one, right? Yeah. And yeah, Waldo with the glasses and Dave driving the bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that video is it's completely iconic and work. I mean, you cannot think of that song and not think of the video. And you can't think of Van Halen and not think of that song. I mean, it's one of those three or four songs that immediately comes to your head when people say, Van Halen's coming to town. You go, oh yeah, Hot for Teacher. Yeah, and and MTV owes Van Halen quite a bit for that album alone and the videos that they put out from that album. Yeah. I mean, Jump, well, jump Panama. Hot for teacher. I mean, jump. Well, the Panama video is forgettable. I mean, that wasn't really that exciting. But Jump and Hot for Teacher are, you know, top ten videos of all time. Get ready for the MTV Lost Weekend with Van Halen. Do you have the guts to enter this contest? Destination unknown. You'll have no idea where you are. You'll have no idea where you're going. And probably no memory of it after you go. But it'll be the whole weekend. We shouldn't call it a contest because we don't know what's going to happen to the winner. Here's what we can tell you. We'll wait till the last minute to let you in on where and when you're going. Just drop us the right postcard and a big black limo takes you and a friend of the MTV Learjet. Then you're off on the Lost Weekend with Van Halen. This ain't no one-night stand. <laughs> That's right. You win two days of Van Halen concerts, parties, food, sound checks, loud music, and... How about a little joyride in the back of my limo? MTV gives you a thousand bucks in unmarked bills and a portable VCR so you'll have the evidence on videotape. On board the MTV Learjet, Yet you'll get a private screening of Paramount Pictures' new movie, Footloose. And if you make it home, you'll each keep an Atari 5200 Super System with three Atari 5200 game program cartridges and the Honda Nighthawk 450. 1,000 runners-up win a copy of Van Halen's latest album, 1984. Van Halen, The Lost Weekend. Difficult to learn, risky to perform, and worth every minute of it, baby. I'll race you to the phone. That's a postcard, David. Send it to the MTV Lost Weekend with Van Halen, P.O. Box. 1211 Radio City Station, New York, New York, 10101. Are you ready for the big time? It's ready for you. Rubbing our last two brain cells together.
This is a Decibel Geek Podcast. Are you more of a Sam guy or are you more of a Dave guy? Uh, you're asking me at the wrong time in my life. Uh, I, for In 1984, when the album came out, I was all Dave. When he put out Crazy from the Heat and, and, and California Girls, I was all Dave and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first Sammy album hit, and I was like, all right, it's okay. And then by Fuck and Balance, I was all Sammy all the time. Mm-hmm. And recently, I've been all Sammy all the time. And now I'm all Dave. So. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way because I was I was on board with Sammy for a long time because th- honestly I never cared a lot for much of Dave's solo output other than Skyscraper I, I kind of I mean and then the stuff before that but um, definitely not a fan of the uh, the bluegrass thing he tried a few years ago. L- listen, you you just mentioned Dave's solo output. He's got a song called Yankee Rose. You're obviously uh-huh. very aware of it. Oh, that sure. song needs to be redone by Van Halen because that song needs to be a Van Halen song. Well, it sounds just like a Van Halen song. It, it is the greatest non-Van Halen song to ever exist. And then after that, you know, listen, for, for fun, you've got uh, maybe Just Like Paradise and mm-hmm. A Little Ain't Enough, and that's, that's, that's about it. Oh, it had a hot dog and a shake. But there's like three songs. Uh, even yeah. Yankee Rose, the Spanish version, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I liked some of that stuff. But the Sammy was great. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Balance record. I I just it didn't do much for me. Um, That's funny. I loved it. See, a lot of people did. I just I never got into that one much. Um, there's a there's a Japanese bonus track on that called Crossing Over. It's just weird, weird track, and I have always loved that track. I mean, it, it's if you go on YouTube or you find it on a on a on a you know whatever download site or whatever, mm-hmm. and you play that song, you're gonna go, "What the hell is this?" But I've always dug that song, "Crossing Over." I mean, I dig some of the tunes. I do. I like Amsterdam. I like Aftershock. Um, don't tell me lo- what Love Can Do. I liked for a while. That one, I don't know. I don't know that it's grown on me that well. But see, that's a song I don't like the album version because in the middle there's this long sort of musical breakdown that mm-hmm. just kills it. But if you get there was a CD single that had the video version mm-hmm. and also had an edited version down to three minutes. Uh-huh. Those are fantastic.
And uh, we already talked about the uh, more unlawful carnal knowledge a bit, but uh, it, what are the highlights for you on that record? record? Top of the World, mm-hmm. uh, Runaround, Pound Cake, uh, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is on there? In and Out? You know what? I one that that's a really good album there's one there's one on that record i didn't like at first but then as i i started listening to this record actually just a couple of years ago and since then i've loved uh man on a mission yeah so yes so do i the guitar playing on that song is just awesome it's 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 a great that's a great song and it's even great on the uh the live right here right now album they put out You know, you just asked me if I prefer the Dave era or the Sammy era. And let me tell you, I just did an 80-track iTunes playlist where I where I basically divided it 40 songs each, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at my Sammy compilation, it's pretty much the entire F-U-C-K album. Yeah, it's a great record from start it's to It's a great finish. record. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Well, that's good. Well, um, well, before we finish up, let me get your take on what what's your uh, take on the the title of the new one, "A Different Kind of Truth." You know, like like all titles, when you first hear it, you go, oh, "What's that?" And <laughs> if the album is great, and uh, you know, we all fall in love with it, ten years from now, we'll go, "Oh man, I love that different kind of truth album." And if it sucks, we'll go, "What were they thinking? The the cover art sucks. The songs are horrible." Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all gonna listen. If Metallica's Lulu had been the greatest thing since you know Master of Puppets, we'd all be going, "Oh, Lulu, what a <laughs> great title!" And it ended up sucking. So now we go, "Lulu, what the hell are they thinking?" Right. And yeah. that, you know, that's the same thing with any album. Right now, I think it's a, it's a, it's a intriguing title. Yeah, I agree. It's it's it gets you talking. Yeah. If it's bad, I'm sure you're going to hear people say it's called a different kind of suck or all, you know, exactly. All of, of and jokes. I just don't understand what it has to do with a train. I don't get that either. I'm the I've, we're recording this before the release, which um, this should be out or maybe right around release time. But as of the time of this recording, all we have seen is the image of the train coming through the circle. Right. And right, which might not even be the album cover. Well, it could just be yeah, a they, random picture. I think they they said something like it has to do with the album cover, but it's not the album cover. Right. So who right. knows? But um, yeah, because there was an early rumor that the album was going to be called The Future, and that got shot down. Well, that would have been a stupid title. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you get the old band, and then, I don't know. That, that would have been silly. Yeah. But listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year, 2012. We've got Van Halen coming mm-hmm. back at you. We got Black Sabbath coming at you with Ozzy Osbourne. We got Kiss coming at you. The Scorpions are coming back to North America to finish their farewell tour or to, you know, have a leg of the farewell tour. Mm-hmm. We've got all this great 70s, 80s music coming at you. Thank God. You know, and we got Cool in the Gang. So, listen, it's all good. It's all cool in the gang. <laughs> All right, that's it, folks. That's a full, solid hour of Van Halen talk. For those of you that got all here all the way to the end, I want to thank Mitch LaFont from Brave Words for coming on again. Always a fun guest to have on the show. Let me go ahead and plug the uh, information for the site and for all our different outlets to reach us on here, since if you made it this far, then you are a fan. Uh, 
main website, dbgeekshow.blogspot.com, facebook.com slash decibelgeek, twitter at decibelgeekpod, dbgeekshow.tumblr.com. Um, please give us ratings or comments on iTunes. Even if you think we suck, just say something. We'll, we'll, love, it, we'll love you anyway. Or um, there's a Decibel Geek YouTube channel. I'm getting that all worked out. There will be a link on the dbgeekshow.blogspot.com website where you can see the videos. We put, try to put together some funny videos, and sometimes they're funny and sometimes they suck. But there you go. Aaron Camaro will be back next week. We are going to be back hard at work right after this episode, and we hope you enjoyed this Van Halen discussion, and let us know what you think. Talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.